Yeah, it was strange, really, wasn't it? Um, but when you dig down into the figures, I suppose there's a couple of things, really, that when you look at inflation, inflation really um, tends to lag behind what has come maybe anywhere between three, six, and 12 months previous to that. So what I mean by that is that energy prices increasing, you know, tend to have, there tends to be a lag between when the energy price increases to when that is actually pushed on onto things like uh, food price increases and that kind of thing. And if you look at the the reasons behind the increase in rate of inflation for February, it's really down to food prices. And, and, uh, and that, in turn, is down to the energy price increase that we experienced last year. There just has been a lag. And what you'll find, I think, over the next 6 to 12 months is that the increases that the European Central Bank is making in relation to their uh, base rate, so it has gone up to... 3% in the last seven, eight months, that will have an effect, but it could take six or 12 months before you'll see that effect. So <clears throat> there tends to be a lag between something happening and when that actually, when you'll actually see that in, in, in terms of the rate of inflation. So would I, would I be worried? Do I think this is going to be a, a, a trend that's going to continue long-term? I don't. I think the rate of inflation has steadily come down over the last number of months. This is more of a, a, a blip rather than uh, something that's going to be um, continued over the longer term. Okay, but at the same time, they are talking now because the rate of inflation went up in February that the ECB could again raise interest rates in March, <coughs> and that, as you mentioned, could have a knock-on effect in the coming months. Yeah. <clears throat> so the issue I would have with that is that the ECB, you're probably correct in some ways to rising to, to raise the interest rate. However, you know, if you look at different studies. It can take anywhere up to 12 months before you see the effect of those interest rate rises. So, in other words, if you raise interest rates in February 2023, it could be February 2024 before you actually see the effect of that on the rate of inflation. What the ECB have come out and said is that they're going to continue raising inflation until until inflation has been curbed and until it's back to where it wants it, which is kind of down around the 2%, which could be actually a dangerous thing in that they may, they may over-egg it and they may actually raise interest rates a little bit a little bit too high and therefore push the likes of the EU uh, and the USA into a recessionary period. So I think they have to be careful. It's not an easy job that they're doing, but I just think that there is a gap between, and, and studies have shown that, that there is a gap between the, you know raising interest rates and actually seeing the effect on that. So I think they would be foolhardy to kind of foolhardy to kind of think just because one month it has kind of regressed a little bit um, that they need to kind of increase interest rates too much. Um, but yeah, it's just said they're going to increase them anyway in March and uh, and and possibly further. So yeah, that's not good for you know people on tracker rates, um, people on variable rates. So yeah, it's not great in me in, in the short term certainly. So taking that into account and the fact that the ECB are planning on continuing to increase interest rates, if you were to look at the next 12 months, for example, where do you see the rate of inflation going, up or down? Well, I would say most likely the rate of inflation is going to come down. I think this is more of a blip rather than a, a trend, as I'm saying. I think, you know, uh, the finance minister, Michael McGrath, has come out in the last couple of weeks saying that the, interest, that the rate of inflation should fall pretty rap- rapidly to around 3 or 4%. I think he's probably right. I think we've seen the ESB or, sorry, Electric Iron come out, you know, um, 
with different tariffs for energy prices and for electricity and that kind of thing. And I think I think you're now seeing the effects of the energy prices coming back <clears throat> and those energy prices coming down being passed on to the consumer eventually and that'll have a knock on effect which means, you know, eventually, you know, it it it, it, it will result in the rate of inflation coming down. But again, these things don't happen overnight. You know, inflation didn't get to eight, nine percent overnight, you know, it took a number of months and on the flip side of that, to get inflation back down to your three, four, two, three, four percent, it's going to take six to twelve months. And I would say, if I was if I was a betting man, I think it, the rate of inflation would be down around maybe three or four percent this time next year. Tommy, on a separate matter altogether, AIB have been speaking in relation to debt write-off following the case of DJ Carey, his debt being written off by 90%, I believe was the figure. They've now revealed that almost 2,000 people have had similar debt write-offs, but they claim that no special treatment is provided for people who would be famous or in the public eye. How damaging is this for the banking sector and trust in the banking sector? Yeah, I don't know if it's damaging at all, to be honest, because on one hand we complain because they're not actually playing ball and, and, and dealing with customers, and dealing with customers are in difficulty. I think the bank, and I've dealt with, you know, I suppose restructures and that kind of thing down through the years as our office has, and the bank will take a view on any loan, be that a mortgage, be that a commercial loan, be that an unsecured uh, a debt, and they will take a view on you say, listen, they, and they will meet with their credit committee um, or their credit committee will meet and they will go through different files, different cases and that kind of stuff and they will take a view on it. So for instance, they may have taken a view on DJ Carey's loan and said, listen, there's whatever, 9.7 million here outstanding. You know, he may not be working, he may not have his own home, he may not have access to any funds. What is the point in actually dragging someone like that to court? And that's, whether that's the DJ Carey or anyone else, that's the type of view they will take on it. So, it doesn't. It did not surprise me that they that they wrote down DJ Carey's debt to such an extent. Basically, that debt was unsecured. So what were they going to do? They couldn't come after him. Um, you know, you cannot get blood out of a turnip. So and 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 most of those cases, those two thousand cases, I, I I can guarantee you, if you delve into it, are very very similar. They're more than likely unsecured debt where they have disposed of assets already, and the residual asset is unsecured, and therefore have taken a view and said there's no point in dragging these people to the court, you know, racking up uh, a lot of legal expenses for both sides. So they'll take a view and, you know, basically look at maybe a 90-95% write-off. How damaging is is it to to the reputation? I don't think it's damaging at all, personally. I think that's um, that's just a business decision. And I think it's probably the right one in most cases. 